Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey friends, welcome to another edition of the Tennis and Bagels podcast. This is your host, Punch, And joining me today is the host of the On The Line podcast. He does some great work for his YouTube channel, um, as well as contributor for Popcorn Tennis. And you know him by now, repeat guest. Please welcome Jack Edward. Hey Jack, how are you doing today? Really excited to break down the men's draw with you here at, at Roland Garros. How are you feeling about the the French coming up? I'm excited, Vance. I'm not tired out by the two-week Masters events we've had the past few months. Every time a slam comes along, I'm rearing to go. It's a pretty tasty draw. I don't really know exactly what's going to happen, so I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm rearing to go, Vance. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I think just bigger picture when we look at this draw, um, obviously, you know, the main thing that we were looking for when it came out is which half of the draw is is Novak going to fall in because... You know, after Medvedev won Rome, he was the number two seed coming into coming into the French, and now uh, Alcaraz and Djokovic are in the same half. And there was a fifty percent probability of that happening. Happening. Uh, so, but does that kind of change the way you look at this this tournament? Because for me, you know, I still think you know you got on the other half, you still got Runa, Sinner, Rude, and Medvedev, and on the top half, you've got you know you've got Djokovic and Alcaraz. Um, and I think actually having them meet in the semifinals is is uh, in a way not so bad because uh well we have higher chances of seeing the match and we haven't we haven't even had Djokovic and Alcaraz play the same tournaments for the better part of 8 or 9 months so i, I think uh, i think if you look at it from that vantage point and then you see sort of you, you see that it's more likely when you sort of break this draw down and you see who's in yeah. front of them um yeah it's, it's promising from that point of view but it definitely changes who i think is going to be in the final, but we can get onto that. I don't want to give. I don't want to show all my cards immediately, but it, it changes yeah. the the player of the the tournament definitely. Yeah, so for sure. Okay, let's just get started. So I mean, if you look at the top half, the first half, obviously um, Alcaraz number one seed, and his slated uh, fourth round is Nori, and looks like his third round seed is, is Chapo. Um, you obviously got some lucky losers and qualifiers in here, some dark horses. We can probably mention, uh, and then you know, semifinal opponent Sitsipas. Um, and so, 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 sort of looking at Alcaraz as eighth, right away that's he starts a, a quarter, to That's a quarterfinal opponent Sitsipas, right? Rather than yes. semifinal, but yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, if we just look at look at Alcaraz as eighth, I guess the two names that stand out to me the most are Nori and Mosetti. Obviously, you know, two of the three who have beaten him in an ATP final thus far. Um, Nori matches have always been interesting, obviously, because um, you know they've played each other six times, which you know is them. If they were to meet again, that would be their seventh meeting. Which for for Alcaraz, that's the most he's ever played anyone at the ATP level. I guess you know tied with Sinner, of course. So he's also played Sinner three times, uh, six times, as well. But um, you know, there's also you know you know the prospect of Alcaraz Musetti is definitely very exciting. A lot of work to do to get there for both guys, but I think. Uh, I think Alcaraz will like, especially his first two rounds here. I don't see too much of a threat. Uh, he did play Kabuli once in 2020 in the in a challenger in a qualies match, and ended up winning that fairly straightforwardly. And Kabuli has some, you know, matches under his belt, obviously coming through qualies. But uh, you know, I think I think for Alcaraz, this is probably an ideal start. Yeah, let's. I mean, obviously, the big question about the the first quarter is: Does Alcaraz get through? Who would potentially stop him? Right. Yep. For me, the most alarming person there is Musetti. Because you look at that Hamburg final, if you watched it, I mean, 
Musetti had a repeatable game plan to beating Alcaraz. He wasn't necessarily redlining. He had a strategy that he was able to to play over and over again. That spin from the baseline. He's one of the few one-handers that doesn't allow that uh, kick serve to bother him. He's just got so much strength and weight behind that shot. He's able to get it deep consistently. If the conditions are slow enough, with Musetti's variety on top of that, obviously it needs to be a fairly good day for him. But there's a there's a potential banana skin there because Alcaraz, I mean, bottom line, isn't as comfortable on a slower surface, on slower clay, I should say, than the sort of mid-line hard courts that, that are prevalent on the ATP Tour. This is not his wheelhouse, per se. So I think it'll be tough for him, for sure. And a player like Musetti could be a big bother for him. But there's no guarantee Musetti gets through a cold start for Musetti against even somebody like Imar, who he's got in the first round. No guarantee. Nori obviously would be difficult to... Um, but yeah, if Musetti would be my highlight. We're not really bothered about Sitsipas right after the Barcelona match and just the way he was able to dismiss him. I, and we're not that high on Sitsipas at the moment, I would say, generally. There's nothing that's been outstanding from him. He is generally losing against the bigger players, uh, beating all the kind of lower rank players. So if there is a quarter-final matchup, Alcaraz probably gets through. But yeah, Shapo, not a threat for me. Vance, um, Massetti, the only guy I'm looking at, like, I want to see that forefront against Alcaraz. Yeah, for me, that would be the, the most exciting uh, fourth round possible in this section because, yeah, I mean, Sitsipas, it's a, it's a strange one because, it's, you know, if you look at just his pedigree, obviously, you know, it's it's second to none. He's won every, uh, you know, he's won Monte Carlo twice and he's been to all these big finals of every clay court event. But then, you know, you just look at his head-to-heads against against Runa, Alcaraz, Medvedev, and Djokovic. And then, you know, you realize that he's coming second tier a lot of these times. And if he plays Alcaraz, it's not getting much closer for him. You know, it's their head-to-head is 4-0 for, for Alcaraz. And obviously the, the Barcelona match was a comprehensive, uh, you know, dominate, dominate, dominating performance. Uh, you know, even even those seven games that Tsitsipas won, you know, it never really felt very, very close or in doubt. So I think... Uh, if they were to meet again, you know, I'm interested to see sort of best of five dynamic. If that plays a factor, obviously Alcaraz, um, you know, is it, it helps that he's got that one major now, and it also helps that yes. he's, uh, you know, that he he had that roadblock that he did last year against Zverev, uh, where yes. he struggled to hit through him for a, for a good two sets. But I think just yes. having those two experiences under his belt, and uh, you know, being being more mentally ready, I think this time around, uh, I do. I do fancy his chances to come through here. Yeah, I I, I do as well overall, Vance. There's there's one thing that's starting to make me a little less big on Alcaraz. They they talk of the conditions. This is fairly new. We've heard Medvedev talking about it recently. Um, a few other players. It's slow this year at the French Open. It is damn slow. And I mean, compared to a place like Barcelona, even I would say the conditions will be slower here. It might not be as easy for Alcaraz to impose his usual game style on every player for, you know, five rounds and before he gets to the semis. There's going to be struggles, I would imagine. I still expect him to get through, but I don't think it's going to be that easy. And then obviously looking forward, we can get onto that in a second. Yeah, uh, you know, conditions are are kind of a talk in, in every own Aaron Garrison uh, edition that we've seen so far. I heard Medvedev say that it's he can't say for 100% if it's the balls. Or if it's the surface, but it is he, in his head. It's definitely playing slower than it was this uh, last year. I think it's closer to Rome than maybe in previous years. That being said, you know, on a hot sunny day in Paris, you know, it actually can speed up quite a bit, and it plays uh, it plays faster. And it's more the high bounce, I think, that uh, you know that rewards certain players, um, and that that could that could end up being a factor as well. Um, but. I don't know. Like, you know, do you think slow conditions is maybe a bit more of a struggle for Alcaraz? Because I think, you know, the tournaments that he has won, I mean, you look at Indian Wells, you look at you look at all of his clay tournaments, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, he's more dangerous when he has time and he's in control and he can dictate the play more often and he can he can be the one, you know, setting the tempo and be a, be super aggressive. Whereas he's, he's, he's maybe on yeah. maybe on the faster surfaces, like you look at Basel last year, you look at maybe at times at the US Open against Center and some of those other matches, he tends to get a bit rushed by some yeah. of the, the bigger hitters. We even saw it in Madrid, you know, when he played Rusabori and Struff and players like yeah. that. So I'm starting to think that, you know, maybe the slower 
heavier conditions might might help our Alcarazan feel a bit more comfortable. It's, getting... it's kind of a, it's kind of a working theory. Not, I'm not sold the, the, on it. The reason I think he's a little more vulnerable. Yeah, he is vulnerable in very fast conditions. He's perfect in that middle between the two. And then in really slow conditions, I feel like the surf slows down just enough. His spot serving still not good enough that it means mm-hmm. players can set up their returns, basically. And we saw that with Morozza, and we saw that with even Struff and Madrid as well. Players are able to attack Alcaraz's serve where other players' serve wouldn't be attacked because they're, they're a better serve placers, basically. So... Alcaraz's weakness in the serve basically gets... He still gets rushed, is what I'm trying to say, Vance, because mm. he gets rushed off the first shot compared to other surfaces where he can kind of just blast the serve and hope for the best, basically. Yeah, that's... You know, his his serve will need to be... will need to be on if, it, if it's... if it's extremely slow because he obviously he has the pace, but it's the location and the and the placements and not not being rushed on the first ball. So I definitely agree with that. Um, but you know, any other names that sort of stand out to you in this, in this sort of entire quarter? I guess I, I mean, Chef Chenko for me is a little bit of a dark horse. Um, I've yeah. been I've been a little impressed with him. I mean, he played center pretty tight in Rome and pushed Medvedev. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm not feeling great about Shapovalov, obviously. Um, you know, not having played a lot and injured his knee and also just not in form. Mm-hmm. So you know, I see that as a potential upset for sure. Um, interested in the Luca Pui story, of course, because that's uh, that's going to be a big one, uh, especially for the French crowd, and also just given what Pui has gone through. Uh, yeah, definitely just used to be a top ten player, so um, yeah, yeah, someone who could be dangerous here. Uh, that's a proper, it's a properly great story. I'd love to see him go through. Um, I, I don't know if you know three matches in qualifying to actually win another three matches in the main draw is a whole other deal, and even then, you're only in the forefront at that point. We'll, we'll see. I'd love to see it happen. You know, you, you love those stories in the first week of the French Open where the crowd are just went absolutely mental and it's like a night match until 12 a.m. in the morning. Stuff like that. Great stuff. But we'll see. The other names, I guess, that stick out. Borda probably isn't much of a threat coming back from injury at the moment, I would say. But obviously, if he is over that wrist injury, which is unlikely, that's quite a difficult thing to rehab from immediately. Then yeah, of course he's a threat, but I, I just don't think that's the case. And then FAA as well. I don't think many people are backing him that big this tournament. But we gotta remember last year he lost to Vidal in five sets in the fourth. He was he was great here. He was, he played a really, really stunning tournament. There is a chance he breaks out and he does something because he's he's not a he's he's a player that likes pressure, genuinely. I think people always like hate the or hated on him because of his finals record, but he was so good in the slams. You know, he could he yep. could definitely sort of pick that back up. He likes the five set format. He likes you know the kind of grind of it. He'd be up for it um, if he can find some form. But that's a big if. We'll see. Yeah, I would I would definitely like to see it. I'm not totally writing him off, but at the same time, I'm not too high on him. Just just given also that he pulled out of Leon with a shoulder injury, and he, he obviously. Had a knee injury as well after Miami, so he didn't play anything until until Madrid and Rome, and he just got tough draws and lost to Vlajovic and Paparin. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think he's he's good enough. He'll rebound soon, and and uh, yeah, he, he he's he's got the pedigree in slams for sure. I mean, um, he had a very good clay season actually last year. So I think uh, yeah, but uh, but I I think the seeds are going to hold here. I, I pretty much have Alcaraz and Tsitsipas coming through. Absolutely fair much. I think, um, do you want to move on to the next quarter with that said? Yeah, so obviously the next quarter, you know, is the Djokovic quarter. And uh, here, you know, at first I was tempted to say, okay, you know, Djokovic's path to the semis is is easier than Carlos. Until I saw, you know, potential Davidovich Fokina in the third round. Yeah. And uh, that's the one that excites me the most. I, I really hope we get that match. They only played each other once in, in Monte Carlo, but of course we know the the talent that Davidovich Fukina has, and we know that Djokovic is gonna gonna have to really be on his game. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, we know the best of five tends to help tends to help Novak out. You can never really count him out. Obviously, he's a top tier favorite along with Alcaraz, but there's just a few more question marks for me after Rome. I think you know, it's good that he got to the quarters and he got some more matches in, and he was able to win a set against Runa. But 
something just seemed a little bit off to me just physically, you know, he was taking painkillers and that's not a good sign usually because yeah, he, he's not, he, he doesn't like doing that. I mean, that's just kind of against his personal belief. And then, uh, and then in the kind of longer exchanges, you know, Runa's defense was incredibly impressive in that match and he yeah. was able to, you know, win the baseline battle pretty comprehensively against, against Novak and Novak was just a little bit frustrated, a little bit more agitated than we're used to seeing. Right. And so, I wonder if he's still struggling with his body a little bit, with the elbow or the shoulder, um, because I think I think this is different than Australian Open and Wimbledon, where he can afford to be around ninety percent, eighty five percent, and still come through most matches because it's you know shorter rallies and you know faster points. But I think here he's gonna have to be very close to his his very best. I don't think uh, Kovacevic is much much of a threat, but I think a match like Fuksovic is actually going to give us some more a lot more information because that's a player that's yeah. going to make him play a lot of balls and it's going to really test his finishing power, especially on his forehand. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, same thing with Davidovich Fokina. If he doesn't beat himself, he can suddenly be in the match for a good three hours. Yeah. Yeah. All of that's mega, mega relevant. With uh, Djokovic, this is the first time he has went into the French Open in ages without some sort of clay court form under his belt. Pretty yeah. much every other time he's had a very good run at one or two clay court tournaments minimum. He normally, at this point in the season, will have his forehand firing, and that doesn't seem to be the case. It was still a little bit loose against Ruda, who made him play ball after ball, and he couldn't finish in his forehand. The reason that davidovich Fakina match in Monte Carlo is so relevant is because Djokovic was in the same sort of position. He couldn't yeah. finish in his forehand. At that point in the season, right, you know, as soon as he entered Monte Carlo, and that ended up being a proper grind, so he got beaten fairly comfortably in the final set. This could be a very dangerous start to the tournament for Djokovic. That said, Vance, I feel like at this stage in his career, Novak will do absolutely whatever it takes to be ready for a Grand Slam. So I, I, I trust in Novak. I think there will be some difficult things happening in the first few rounds. But overall, Vance, I think by the time he gets through his first couple of rounds, he'll be ready and raring to go. Yeah, of course, also potential Luka Vanash, who he already played in Banja Luka, and then Cechinado, who, of course, famously beat him here in 2018. And then that sort of yes. was a big turning point, and he turned really turned his career around after that. I mean, would he take Cecchinato over Davidovich Fikina or Fees? You know, at least he only gets one of those players, right? Yeah. But uh, um, at least that's the third round. I would say Fusevich could be a blessing in disguise in that Fusevich's finishing power isn't as huge as other players, but he will make him play a million balls. So if he's yeah. winning that, he has to find his forehand, but he will be given some time to kind of settle into the match, if that makes sense. Right, so actually, 100%. it could it could work in his favor. Yeah, and then of course we also have a repeat match of last year, Gofan and Harkac, and I just think you know this his potential fourth round opponent is is going to be probably weaker than his second or third round. So I think that yeah. might give us some more information. So if he comes through the the first three rounds, you know that's very encouraging because now he's yes. probably going to be in the quarters, you know, most likely. Quite- it's quite hard to say if you, if you, if you just wanted to talk about that for a second, Vance. It's quite hard to say who Djokovic's fourth round opponent will be because I think a lot yeah. of players, a lot of people have been talking about RBA as, as a potential fourth round opponent. That's not a guarantee at all. I, I don't think that's a guarantee. guarantee. I, I I like RBA more in faster conditions. I think his, you know, he, he's better in sort of the low bouncing Australian Open Wimbledon. I know he's definitely played Djokovic tight in on clay before as well in the fourth round of 2016. I think that was his toughest match on route to the unrooted the title, certainly before the final. Yeah. Um, but I don't see RBA as the same sort of threat anymore. Um, yeah. You know, particularly, yeah. you know, nothing he's done this season or in the last one year has really made me think, hmm, RBA can really push push Djokovic. I know he, he certainly likes those metronomic backhand-to-backhand exchanges with Djokovic. He certainly feels like he can hold his own for at least a yeah. portion in that match. But I don't know. It's, you know, it, I don't think, I, I think even Fuksovic and, um, one of Cecchinato, Vanash, or that's way harder. Davidovich Fukina yeah. seem harder to me because it's no guarantee. Like RBA has to get through Wu, and I think you know Wu is actually playing some great tennis right now. Yeah, It'd be interesting to see if he's recovered from his little injury that he had against Zverev this week. But if he is, I mean, I mean, he, I wouldn't put it past him to take out, take out RBA. RBA has been vulnerable early rounds of yeah. stems recently. Even, 
even for Rios, I don't know, like somebody yeah. who's just got a lot of fire, uh, forehand firepower. Um, Yunchen Shang, who knows? I think maybe. Shang is the dark horse here because, you know, yeah. Shang beat Morosian in the second round of qualies and yeah. Shang is a, is a very talented prospect from, by all accounts, what I'm saying, his his game is very, very solid. So I think, uh, you know, one of those two in Herkach, I really don't see really as much of a factor at all. Novak, he had a good Novak wants to play Herkach in the fourth yeah. round almost, right? It's like, that would right. be a good matchup. Yeah, and then you know, I would have said maybe in if this was earlier in the year, I would have said maybe Grishpur gets there, but Grishpur has kind of been a little off since February, and he's been struggling with an ankle injury, I think, of his own. So, um, yeah, it, it's tough to see who say whose fourth round opponent is, but whoever it is, I think by that point, I think Novak should be pretty settled into the tournament. And then I think this quarterfinal opponent, I'm you know, I'm sort of going back and forth between uh, Hachinov and Rublev because they've they, they've played each other four times and they split their two meetings and. You know, I, I mean, Rublev has a not super easy start against Jara. You know, that's he's certainly a formidable clay quarter. And then you've got, you know, I'm like for instance, you you got some popcorn matches. Obviously, you have Stan against Ramos Vinolas right away that jumps out. You got, yeah. um, Sonego against Shelton. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Sonego, Sonego. It's unlucky he's not seated, doesn't it? Really, somebody was always yeah. going to get Sonego in the first round. No, and then and then you know Hugo Bear, he's the challenger one seventy five yeah. king right now. So he is he That's a big deal. You know that those titles, I don't know if people underrate those, but that's a big deal for him Bear. Like to yeah. for a guy that sort of firepower to, to go consistent enough to win two titles on the bounds. That's big. That is big. I think so. I mean, if, yeah. And he's, he's very big, close big to being seated. He's very close to being seated as well. He's like thirty eight and his ranking was way outside the top. 50 when the year started and he beat some good players in those two yeah. challenges they weren't soft draws at all and he's certainly uh, has some confidence so that's yeah. but it's like Humbert is the like Samson of, a, of the men's drawn away from me like I just constantly used to back Humbert and then all my stock just fell off him I want to yeah. put some back in I want to say Humbert fourth round Humbert quarterfinal who knows but it's it's tough for me to have faith at this point. But I just I just remember how amazing he was when he was beating top ten players left, right, and center. I want a back and bunch. Just not sure. Yeah, he's one of those he's one of those unpredictable enigmas. But uh yeah, I I mean I would love to see it because he's really talented. But I mean Hachinov, I think I think I'm gonna go with Hachinov. I just like the way he's been playing in in the majors i think the best of five format he is extremely physical really tough to finish against i like him in the backhand to backhand exchanges against rublev as well yeah um, I, th- I think he didn't really hold his own there and obviously the big serve and yeah he you know semifinals of the last two majors i can't yeah. overlook that and he's been to the quarterfinals no. here before so i don't think anybody can i mean that's that's a slam player if, yeah. if, if ever there was one right two semifinals in a row that's a joke there's like yeah. nobody else that does that bar the big four, basically. So that's, you know, huge deal. He deserves a lot of credit for that. And um, I guess, you know, Steph, Mary, uh, all those players as well. But, you know, if you're in that company, you deserve a lot of credit. And honestly, there's not anybody there that properly bothers him. So I, I probably would back him as the quarterfinal opponent, I think, Batch. Yeah. So I certainly have Djokovic and Hachinov and the top half, I have Alcaraz, it's a plus. Um, is, is that also your pick? Do you have any... Yeah, catching off. No, no, that that's exactly the same for me. Djokovic catching off. Alcaraz, death. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I hadn't actually thought about my quarterfinal opponents' fans, but I'm I'm happy with that. All right, cool. And then we go to the bottom half, obviously, and you know this is the the most interesting two quarters, I think, because yeah, you know, obviously Holger Rune, you know, I'm extremely high on his ten- tennis overall. You know, defensively, offensively, neutral, he can sort of do anything. I think his Defense is extremely versatile. Obviously, we know about the ridiculous shot making that he has, and just the you know the, by all accounts probably the best overall clay court season. If you want to include you know four tournaments, you know three finals, and a lot of big wins. So just points, right? He's, he's probably yeah. the most points in the clay court season for sure. Yeah, but but certainly you just have that one question mark, which is is his maturity and his physical, more importantly, the physical aspect. I think. You know, the stamina, like, will he have, like, Alcaraz has shown us, you know, he has the endurance and the stamina to play 24 hours if needed to win one of these majors. Runa, on the other hand, is still, you know, still has a little bit of a cramping issue sometimes, although that's gotten way better. So credit to him for that. But 
Uh, just, you know, a few more ups and downs, a lot of three-set matches, a lot of, you know, sometimes lapses in focus. And yeah, I mean, we saw him tired out at the end and be very fatigued in the Monte Carlo final, in the Munich final, which he ended up winning. And then, the, and then of course, at times against Medvedev, where his legs were just gone. So, yeah. you, you know, you have to, that's certainly something you have to be weary about. And, you know, you look at his, you know, even a second round opponent against in Sebastian Baez, it's going to make you work really, really hard. That's a formidable clay court player. Yeah, I mean that that's that's how Baez will approach the match, right? He knows that Runa's maybe got a bit of a physical issue or a physical question mark. He'll make yeah. him play. He'll make him play as much as he can in the hopes that he gets stuck, as John said the other day in my pod, gets stuck in third gear and just can't go aggressive enough to finish off the match. Baez would fancy his chances in that situation. I just think Vance Baez doesn't have the confidence at the moment to guarantee that that playstyle is going to work. And I think Rune probably is getting to the fourth fairly comfortably, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he shouldn't feel that tired this early in the tournament. I think yeah. potentially a player like Surundalo is a threat, but I still think I've got Rune going through I don't know about I, I do too as well. Yeah. I you know, I'm interested to see if it will be Fritz or Sundlow. I think that's a if that's a third round match, I'll certainly keep my eye very closely on that one because Sundlow obviously in great form. Fritz as well, you know, he's made three semifinals this clay court season, so it hasn't been bad at all. It's just he hasn't been winning those big points uh in certain situations. He's never been past the third round of the French, but he's certainly a player who's can play on all surfaces and he uh, he did beat Runa in Miami as well. Yeah, so it's a, the the thing is, I think with Bruna, if that's your if that's your strategy to beat him, you know, out physicality him, probably a player like Sunindo isn't the guy for the job because that's you know forehand offense every day of the week. Baez is maybe the biggest threat there, and then everybody else doesn't really scream you know physical unless Munar gets to the forefront. Who knows? Uh, but every, that even then, you have to have something on the ball to stop Bruna from playing his uh, best offensive tennis. So. That's not the these aren't the players to beat him. Maybe Baez is a threat, um, but yeah. So I'm going to take back my Surundalo threat. I would say Runa probably gets through. Could he get through that Baez second round? Yeah, I, I have Runa coming through as well. And then you know, in the in the next section, obviously. The- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Rude section. So this one's Nelly, interesting. This one is very interesting. Of course, you know, there's a lot of talk about Rude and his form and it hasn't been great admittedly since Rome, but even in even in Rome, I felt like he started to pick up his level a little bit. It wasn't very convincing until the semis, but in the semis for a second and a half, he was really hitting his forehand bigger than I've seen. And, you know, I think Yari played an amazing match to beat him in the in the quarterfinal in Geneva. Mm-hmm. You know, just rushed him for two two sets, huge serving, you know, attacked the backhand and, you know, got the payoff in the end. But I, I wonder if players like that, because obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, big hitters here, you know, in Struff and just players with with a lot of power and who have that capability to take to, to take time away from Casper and just rush him, um, you know, and Lajovic and Struff and Van de Zandt, even and yeah, Zhang as well. You know, he's he can be dangerous. There's like some good players here. Tommy Paul and him have had serious battles in majors before, but yeah. I just think you know that best of five set element. Oh, I do actually okay. think that that helps Casper. Okay, a little bit just because he has more time to problem solve. 
And he's yeah. never been a guy who's been very comfortable in early rounds of slams, particularly at the U.S. Open and the French Open last year. He had to mm-hmm. keep coming back from two sets to one down against Sonego. You know, he had his challenges against Paul at the U.S. Open. He certainly had his work cut out all the way to the quarters of the, of the French. He was dropping a lot of sets. It was They became really physical matches. And when it gets physical, then I think Rude has more time to get his forehand into play and he can sort of find the patterns that he wants. And so I... I'm backing him. I'm not very confident. This is maybe the most open section. You know, I could see like a spoof yeah. maybe coming through here or, you know, um, you know, I'm not actually, I'm not that high on Tommy Paul because, you know, no, I'm not, had a good play season thus far and I just don't think he has the enough weapons, particularly on his forehand to really do a ton of damage. Yeah. And, you know, even a player like Yari, Yari is definitely more of a, I keep saying it with a Y, it's actually with a, I think it's, it's a J, it's a J, I think. Yeah, I think it's actually with a J if you look at the yeah. site, but, I mean, yeah, so Jari, I think, is, is more of an altitude specialist on clay, particularly, you know, all the titles. Yeah, yeah. I totally so, forgot. He gets, he gets a lot more out of his serve, I think, in those conditions. Yeah, that's a good point. I have There is a discrepancy that. between his sea level and altitude, but but I do think because of the confidence and just that big game in general, it's still going to be a problem. Like, I, I don't think Tommy Paul is yeah. safe in that second round. So I think I still have Jari coming through, but then, you know, I don't know, Struf, Lehechka, like... This is a this is a tough one. Like, and then you have, yeah. These are these are some difficult matches to call. I think I still have Rude coming out, but I'm not the most confident. But I think the best of five set factor will, will help Casper. I get what you're saying. I do not have Rude going through. I think the amount of confidence he's had this season doesn't inspire me. Mm-hmm. I believe he could even get beat by Van der Zandt in the third round. That even itself just spells alarm bells because it's a bit of a different opponent van der Zanschop gives you a lot of different looks he's he's a pretty yeah. varied player it's the kind of he would Rude would basically prefer a sort of meat and potatoes player you know you can expose the backhand run round it's not as easy against a player like van der Zanschop. and in the fourth round I was high in Jarry I'll be honest Vanch I almost had Jarry going through to the quarters that's a very good point about altitudes and it will be a lot different when the clay slows your serve down properly so I'm gonna I'm gonna regress that a little bit and I'm gonna stick with what I had on my own podcast I have struck going through I don't think Madrid I don't think Madrid was a fluke I know he's had a couple of dodgy losses since then but I still think he his his history at the French Open can't be overlooked. So even when he wasn't playing his greatest tennis, that's like two of the last three years where he's got to the fourth round. That's a big deal for a player like Struff. So if we if we saw him in the fourth round again against a player like Root, I think if there's any doubt in Casper's head, Struff will take advantage because he, he showed no fear. And yeah. Root, his, his game style allows him to show no fear, right? So he'll just like keep sort of front footing over and over again. I like Struff. For this bunch, and I know Lehechka's a pretty grim first round, but I'm kind of off Lehechka a little bit recently. I feel like he's a bit of an yeah. unfinished product. There's a few aspects of his game I'd prefer he polished up before I go all in with him. Basically, he could be a great, great player, but he's not quite there yet. And I think Struff could blow him off the court. I'm backing Struff for the quarters, bunch. I, I, I don't like. I don't hate that pick at all, especially if he plays Root. I, I think that's the matchup that you know I'd be probably more worried about if I'm Casper. I, and like the potential Botic and the Struff like back to back, that worries me a little bit for Casper. Even in best of five, because we we saw how how dominant Struff was against Rude and Monte Carlo. You know that could have been a six one six two match, and you know and it, it ended up being a lot tighter, but it's not comfortable at all. So I think uh, I think that could be a good call, especially if there's going to be one seed who doesn't really get there. I mean, I guess I don't have Rublev coming through, but. I think when I did my predictions, I have seven of the top eight seeds just because I feel secure in, in these eight players. But I just, yeah. I, you know, Rude's the yeah, only one I had a proper place. Rune a little bit as well, but Rude yeah. really just didn't inspire me with confidence. All the other seats for me are playing good enough tennis. Rude was close to being catching up for me, but yeah. yeah. yeah um, I, I, don't, I don't think there's many other players just before we move on um, that really stick out. Obviously, Stricker used to make me like super high, but no, not really so much anymore. Um, Lajovic could be a little bit of a threat. Um, yeah, I would say I that, would say maybe one player. I would say watch out for Medvedovic. I think he's uh, okay. He's certainly someone who's been in form. You know, he won a challenger. He knocked off team. 
uh, along the way. That's not the biggest headline like it used to be, but certainly it's it's still something to keep your eye on. And he qualified rather comfortably as well. And, you know, he's a guy who Djokovic is certainly very high on. I mean, he's funding his the early stages of his career. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think he's pretty solid. Like, I don't see many, many holes there. I don't see too many overwhelming strengths, but certainly the Giron match is winnable. And if Struff is a little bit off or Lehechka, you know, that's yeah. certainly a guy who can take advantage. He's, he's young and he's he's going to gonna play fearless. So the, the only, I was going to say the only other thing that's interesting about Medvedevic, the only other thing I was going to say before moving on there, if there's going to be an old vet Frenchman that just like makes a crazy run on the back of a crazy crowd alone, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Gasquet does something mental. That's the that's the know, only thing I'll say. <laughs> I, I mean, this could well be his last RG. I mean, he's yeah getting up there. Like he's thirty seven. He's gonna be thirty seven in June. So I think, and he's not uh, playing terribly. Yeah. So so I think a player like Monfils. Oh, I didn't realize Monfils and Gasquet are in the same section. Interesting. And they both have. I, I think Gasquet's match is maybe more vulnerable than Monfils. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah. Uh, it's cool for sure. Yeah. And then if anyway, you look at yeah. the last quarter, uh, I mean, this is this is this is interesting. I, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on, on this quarter, particularly Sinner, as well as, uh, yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about Sinner's eighth, I guess, because you also have you have Zverev in there, you have Dimitrov in there. Yeah. You have Tiafo. I'm, you know, I, that's a dangerous first round for Tiafo, don't you think? Against Krajinovic, certainly a player. Uh... You know, I, 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 because I looked at Francis's record here at RG, and he's only won one match in his whole career. Well, I, I don't fancy Tiafoe at the French in general, to be honest. Yeah, right. but I don't, I don't, I don't fancy the chances of either player. To be honest, uh-huh. he could get he could get beat there, but I'm not expecting Tiafoe to go that far. Just generally, yeah. I think, I and think there's a, I think is the main. Well, in the as well in this. I'm big on Paulfrin. I'm big on Pogba. Yeah. I am waiting for a big Pogba result. He keeps getting really close. He keeps getting like super close to winning these big matches. It just doesn't quite happen. He should be a bit of a threat in clay. Forehand's heavy enough, and his serve's kind of like universally big enough to be somewhat effective on any surface. I, I think he's got a chance of definitely got a chance of beating Karatsev, of course. And then I think he has a chance thing... to get to the fourth round. If I'm being really honest, I mean this is it won't yeah. shock me at all. I mean, this is a guy who played Runa very tight in Rome, and he's uh, he's he's had some big wins this clay yeah. season, and of course, you know, at the Australian Open, he also beat Fritz, so he can beat a lot of top players. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's a little out there, but I'm I'm I think he could go a little far. I'm not saying he's going to get to the quarters. I'm just saying, you know, there's a chance of a fourth Fritz. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and then. You're, you're talking about the center kind of 16 for 32nd, I guess. Um, yeah. There's not really anybody there that scares me at all. Let's just remember center is the guy who's already made all four quarterfinals of every slam. He does turn up for these events. He doesn't generally sort of to and fro in his form from every match to match. He should be okay. That's a pretty tough first round, but I still don't think Muller will win that match, regardless of whether or not Sinner drops sets. And Altmaier as well, he's a little too defensive for me for uh, Sinner not to win that match. Hustler, I don't think, gets through Altmaier, despite the fact he's just like an offensive god in a way. he's just I don't think he gets through that on a clay court. And then maybe Dimitrov could be an issue. Obviously, he's just got to the final of, um, what was that, Geneva? No, it wasn't Geneva, it was Leon, right? Yeah. Either way, either way, uh, I don't think Dimitrov beats Sinner either with the one-hander. I think Sinner has got a pretty good uh, 16 match. Yeah, you're right. No, Dimitrov, yeah, of course, just lost the Geneva final to Yari today. But uh, that was a good win over Fritz yesterday. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of tennis a week before. And then he's got Rusabori as well, most likely in the second round. And Rusabori, Sinner back-to-back, that would be interesting, kind of a little template. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of game style, but I think uh, yeah, the, I, I I don't have too many question marks. I think Sinner is coming through to the quarters, if he's if he's healthy, and mm-hmm. I, I think he is. I think he was just, I think he's going to be fresh. Uh, he was he was struggling a little bit even health wise when he played Sarandolo in Rome. Yeah, so, and and he hasn't had any bad losses really this entire year. He's 
winning like 80% of his matches. And some people are a little bit more down on him just because like since Monte Carlo, you know, they're like, well, you know, there's players who are just higher than him. I, I just think there's players who have been more in form and playing playing more. And, you know, thus recency bias maybe comes in there. But I think I think Sinner is a good bet to get to the quarters. But then it gets interesting because the section below that is the Medvedev section. And that's where I think actually, believe it or not, that first round, that first round could be very tricky against yeah, Iago yeah. Wild. He's he's really uh, you know winning a lot of matches, ITFs, challengers, qualies. Uh, he has a big game, and Damien's been really talking him up, and he's probably watched him much more than I have. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, overall, it's a good, it's a decent section. I don't really like Nishioka on clay in general. Uh, you know, I I just I just think it. Takes away a lot of his weaknesses. Um, he's probably better on, you know, I, I think of him as being very quick and fast and nimble, and he's better on the faster courts, I think. And obviously you have Chorich in the fourth round, but I'm not not sure if Chorich is going to get there. You have Draper, Echeverry, and Dimonor players like that. I think I'd be more worried about Dimonor if it was, if it was you know, not on clay uh, for, for Medvedev because that matchup has certainly had its, its dilemmas in best of three for Daniil, but... I don't know. I feel I feel good about penciling Daniil into the quarters as well. I am exactly the same match. I think this is one of the best six teams for any of the top players that could have been. <laughs> Honestly, pretty guy. I'm I'm having a really hard time. Like uh, if you were if you were to ask me, like any one of these eight players, any one of the eight seeds is going to go out early. I I have no clue. I think I think they're pretty safe. Yeah, it's absolutely. Tough. Exactly what you, exactly what you said there, Vance, about Dimonor generally being a threat for Medvedev on a slower surface, but because it's clay, I just don't think his his movement will be quite up to to scratch. And honestly, the way Medvedev's been playing on clay anyway, I don't think it's an issue. It's kind of hard to back Chorich, just you know, despite the fact he has made the quarters and semis of the last two Masters he's played. To be fair, I just don't think it's a great matchup against Medvedev, who should be able to take that sort of backhand strength away from Chorich. Um, there's not really anyone else in there as well. That's the four friends, obviously. As you say, Nishioka, again, not much of a threat on clay. Might not even get through. A player like JJ Wolf. Yeah. Alice Bea is, is a great time for Medvedev fans, definitely. Maybe, maybe, team, who, I mean, I'm not, yeah. really, I'm not really serious, but it would be lovely to okay, see. And I think... Um... I don't fancy team, even if he gets through Hatchin. Um, the biggest absolutely. thing is, for me is like I just want to see team play absolutely fearless and just go after every single forehand. If he if he starts doing that and he gets that mentality right, rather than becoming a defensive grinder, um, and he just sort of gets closer to his level, I, I think I'd be just much more encouraged. But I'm not expecting anything really from him. If he gets yeah. through his first round, that'll be that'll be that'll be very good, uh, I think. Yeah, it's it's wishful thinking to be honest. I'm just like, I was kidding about being in the fourth round. I'm even really kidding about him getting to the third round necessarily. I, I just don't think it's going to happen the way he's played. Um, it would be great to see. I'm literally just saying it, so hopefully it happens. The other thing I would watch, maybe a Draper H very first round could be interesting yeah. and maybe Draper takes off. His game is obviously going in an upward trajectory at the moment and it's as great as it is. It might not be the most effective um, as it is on a clay court, but you never know. He he is a pretty talented player, so there's yeah. there's a chance he gets through quite a few rounds. Yeah, very much. Yeah, Draper is one of those players who is like, you know, injury prone, and when he comes back from injury, he doesn't really take a whole lot of time to get back. He's right in the thick of things, and he's winning matches, and he's he's certainly. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got the big weapons. I think the forehand is still a little bit dodgy at times, but he's. Uh, he's certainly got tons of talent. Like if you're just looking at an overall good tennis player, like I think that's like Echeverry for me is a is a really tough opponent. But I don't know. I feel like Draper has more in his toolbox. I would say like different things he can pull out in different moments and just more variety and creativity overall. Whereas, um, so so that matchup, that contrast will be interesting, definitely. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And, and we're, I think we're we're both back in Medvedev though, right? To, yeah. to get through. Even though you're you're talking about Sabufwell maybe being a difficult first round, I I still think Medvedev can get in the head of these players that don't know what to do after mm. their, their their serve comes back and they've got to play you know multiple shots after the plus one. It, it can just it can get in your head. 
And that's yeah. what Medvedev loves to do. And he won't even rely on that. Obviously, he's got his own offensive game styles now on the surface. I, I think, yeah, he should be fine there. And up until the quarters, definitely. Yeah, of course. I think now we should start predicting the quarterfinals. Okay. And uh, so, so I mean, Alcaraz, it's a bus. What you got? I'm thinking Alcaraz. I, yeah, I had Alcaraz, def- definitely. All right. And then, you know, this tech, the section below, you had... I had Novak and Kachino. I had the same, yeah. I had yeah. Novak coming through that. And then the bottom half, I've got Runa and Rude. Yeah, I think this is this is this is the only place we varied so far. I'm pretty sure just Runa and Struck for me. Yeah, and you have I'm assuming you have Runa coming through. Yeah, Runa and Struck. Yeah, yeah, well, same. And then and then of course Medvedev and Sinner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Medvedev Sinner for me as well. It's not it's not crazy, I guess, fans. I think you've actually went for all. Oh no, you've not quite went for all eight seeds, right? Catching all this year is your change up there. But uh, yeah, I've, I've only had two. Uh, top seeds that haven't gone through. I'm pretty confident in the top guys. Maybe it'll be more interesting to see who we think is going to be in the semis and beyond. Yeah. So, so for, for me, my semis are Runa Medvedev and Carlos Novak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say the same. And then here's where I think the physicality comes into play for Runa. Uh, because if any of these matches get very physical, you know, Medvedev, he just, he just has that experience, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know if Runa quite has it. This will be the big test if he can get by Medvedev. Um, but I'm gonna go with Medvedev. I'm just really high on him. It's, it's. I, I don't think the Rome thing is like a fluke. You know, you can point to many different reasons why he wasn't performing this way on clay before in the past, and I just think he he's made the necessary technical adjustments, especially with his forehand. He's really added a lot more spin, and he's he's just ripping the ball now a lot more and just feels a lot more comfortable. Even the movement looks a lot better and everything else is just going to work. There's not that much disparity, honestly, between his clay court game and his, his hard court game at the minute. And, and he's got the confidence, which is key. We know Medvedev is a confidence player and I just don't see many roadblocks to him continuing this form. And I don't think that Rome result was a fluke. He beat Sitsipas and Rona along the way. Um, I think yeah. he's going to ride it. Yeah, yeah, same. And we also know that Roland Garros, the tournament tends, like all the natural surfaces, to kind of turn more into the conditions of a hardcore as the tournament goes on. The later the tournament goes, the more likely Medvedev is to play in conditions he prefers. So if he does get through his first few rounds, which we have looked at and we're quite confident in, he's got a pretty good chance of going deep because obviously the center match... Well, the center matchup, actually. I keep forgetting about that. I don't think that'll be mega easy on clay. Like, all of the matches they've had so far, bar Miami were indoors... Me and Ned, Miami was yeah, um, quick enough that it was difficult for a person or two. Well, I, it, do you know what it's... Yeah, I'm going to back Medvedev anyway, Vance, but I just... I I would not be surprised if Sinner gets through that and really makes a, a statement win. That would that would be the biggest statement win, I think, of Sinner's career in a major. If he were to pull, yes. this, pull this one off, it could be could be huge for him. Or... Yeah. But I, I am going to back Medvedev, and I believe the physicality thing will also become an issue, and he'll be ruining the semis. So I've got Medvedev in the final as well, match. Yeah. But then the other side, yeah, Carlos and Novak. Look, it, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, we we really wanted to see see this matchup, and I think you and I both think it's going to happen. Um, but you know, given what I said earlier about Djokovic and his health, and just is he going to be complete? Is he going to have enough confidence and belief? to hit through Alcaraz and, you know, and take his advantages, particularly the forehand and the serve. And I, I just don't know, you know, I, this is, this is where we really see, we could really see the, the Djokovic come out. That's, that's been raring to go and just the defiant Djokovic that we all know where he just, you know, this, this would be like his moment where he would, he would flip the tide, but I just I'm gonna go with Carlos. I just I'm just gonna back the 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 overall form, the overall just you know feel of the clay season, and I just think I just think Alcaraz gets it done. But this will be I, a much more interesting match to preview. I just don't want to do it too much right now because it's so far away, and it's just 
you know, it's it's hard to just sit here and preview that match right now, but I just don't. Uh, I'm just going to trust my gut on this, and it's a very 50-50 type match, but I'm just going to say Alcaraz gets through. Yeah, my gut's telling me Novak gets through. I think if he gets okay. to that, if he gets to that stage in the tournament, his forehand's firing. He knows he will know the best tactic to take onto that court. Yeah, he knows his chances of winning these tournaments are growing thinner and thinner. He just he is the most experienced player in the tournament. I just trust him at that stage of the tournament to know how to play Alcaraz and do. And we could get one of the best matches we've seen in a slam. For a while, I think Australia was yeah. a little bit of a damp squib in a lot of ways, and for to get a match like that would be absolute heaven. So I'll enjoy it regardless of what happens. But I think Novak will will come in all guns blazing to that that match, and he'll know what to do. So I'm backing Novak. Yeah, and you know, oddly enough, I think Medvedev would rather see Novak there in the final than Carlos. Yeah, maybe. Just given, yeah. just given the rivalry, just given you know the way those those matches have played out. Uh, so I, I have Alcaraz and Medvedev, and I think I have Alcaraz winning. Yeah, well, I have Novak Medvedev obviously in the final. I would say Novak wins the tournament. I right. think if he get if he gets to that stage, that's well, who knows? I don't know. Medvedev could really, really prove me wrong. I'm I'm just begging Djokovic in finals and semifinals of slams. I mean, he's won like five of his last six finals, right? And then obviously the one he lost was that Benfidiv one where he was so nervy and there wasn't really much he could do about the fact that his legs weren't moving. I'm big on Djokovic, I'm afraid, Vance. I obviously could be proven wrong in the first couple of rounds. It's a big if. I'm totally speculating. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the tournament. I just think given his history, he should be ready. He very rarely goes into a slam if he's not, you know, in his best competitive form. Yeah. Big on Djokovic, 23rd slam. He's going to be the race leader. All right. I I like that we defer a little bit, so that's, that certainly makes yeah. it interesting. But yeah, Jack, thank you so much. Uh, so it's, this has been great, and uh, can't wait to... I'm sure we'll do many more of these, and I can't wait to see how Roland Garros plays out. Yeah, I'm very keen to be very busy over Roland Garros, and so I'm sure I will see you very soon. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, cheers. Thanks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 